Good morning, my name is Paul, I'm one of the leaders here at the Vine Church Pool and I'm going to be talking to you this morning from a couple of passages from the Bible. And if you've been following our sermon series, you'll know that we've been talking about the life of a disciple. In previous weeks we've talked about the importance of prayer, the importance of living in a community, the importance of reflecting carefully on the Bible, of spending times of solitude and silence and of what it means to be a witness. And today I'm going to be talking about eating and drinking. I'm sure we all like eating and drinking. And the first Bible passage I'm going to be talking about is in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 9 to 17. So that's Matthew 9, 9 to start off with. Whilst you're looking that up, I'm just going to talk generally about eating and drinking. Eating and drinking is an important thing in the Bible. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible about what to eat, what not to eat, who you eat with, who you don't eat with, what you drink, what you don't drink. We know that right at the very beginning of the Christian story, we hear about Adam and Eve in a garden with plentiful food supplied, everything they could possibly want, but with just one tree that they were not supposed to eat from. Because they saw that that tree looked nice and because they wanted to be in charge themselves, to make the own, their own rules, they chose to eat the tree. And it was the eating that was the act of disobedience. Going on through the Bible, we know that if you know the Bible, you know the story of Moses, how he came and found that his people, the Israelites, God's people, were slaves in Egypt and they were to be taken out. And on the night before they were going to be taken out, when God did his final destructive miracle on the Egyptians, the people were told to come together in their houses to sacrifice a lamb, put blood on the doors. And then to lock the door, shut themselves away and eat that lamb together as a family. Now, many of us now know what it means to have to shut yourself away in your house and eat as a family whilst you're hoping that the plague will pass over you. And that's what those people had to do. And that meal was to be a meal that the Israelites were to carry on eating indefinitely because that was a re reminder, the meal was an important reminder of what they had to do on that day and the miracle God had done. Then going on when Moses was given the law for the Israelites, there was lots of rules there about what you could eat and what you couldn't eat, when you ate, festivals, when you came together, who you ate with, who you didn't show hospitality to. And then moving on into the New Testament when Jesus came, on my brief perusal of Luke's gospel I found at least eight different occasions where it says that Jesus was eating with people and that was an important part of what he was doing so I'm going to look at one of those occasions to start off with and as I say that's in the gospel of Matthew chapter 9 starting at verse 9 so it says as Jesus was going down the road he saw Matthew sitting in his tax collection booth Come be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. And I think that's amazing because that's the Matthew who's writing this. This is, this is not a story. Well, I heard somewhere that somebody said this. This is the person it happened to, writing this book now. And that's his account of how he came to follow Jesus. It's really simple. He doesn't make a big thing of it. But that night, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to be his dinner guests along with his fellow tax collectors and many other notorious sinners. The Pharisees were indignant. 
Why does your teacher eat with such scum, they asked his disciples. Now the Pharisees were the religious leaders of the time. They were the strict religious observant people. I'm sure many of us know some people in our community who we would consider to be really strict religious observers. And these Pharisees were the people. They were, they were doing everything they possibly could to be right with God, to follow the Bible that they had and do what they could to be the best people they could for God. The problem they had was they then judged other people who weren't like them. And that's what they were doing here. Obviously, you know, it says in this translation of the Bible, why is he eating such scum? It's, that's pretty strong stuff, isn't it? When he heard this, Jesus replied, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to be merciful. I don't want your sacrifices. For I have come to call sinners, not those who think they're already good enough. And it goes on to say, One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, Why do we and the Pharisees fast? That is, abstain from food for religious reasons. But your disciples don't fast. Jesus responded, Should the wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Someday he'll be taken with them. And then they will fast. And those who patch an old garment with unshrunk cloth, the patch shrinks and pulls away from the old cloth, leaving a bigger hole. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. The old wineskins burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. Then the wine and the wineskins will preserve. You know, I love the way that Jesus wants to teach people a lesson they're asking him about eating and drinking. And so he uses an example of eating and drinking of wine in wineskins. What he's saying there to people is, <coughs> you thought the way to be right with God is to do these kind of things. And that included fasting. That included, like the Pharisees, not eating with people who they thought were unclean. But actually, I'm coming to show you there's a new and a better and a different way. And the trouble is... If you try to fit my way into your way, old way of doing things, it's not going to work. It's gonna, you're, you're going to be damaged by it because you're not going to be able to do it. And actually, you're going to damage the message of what I'm bringing by trying to keep it confined in an old way, the old religious observances. So Jesus is talking about how he is bringing a new way of doing things with people. And part of his new way was what he did with Matthew that even though Matthew was considered as a tax collector to be unclean, and even though Matthew's friends that were invited to the party were considered to be unclean, then Jesus said, no, I want to spend time with these people because these people need to hear my message. <coughs> these people know that they're not good enough. Therefore, they need to know that they are acceptable and they can be accepted. And that was his message to those people that by choosing to eat and drink with them, he was saying to them, you are acceptable, you're okay. And that is a practical lesson for us as disciples of Jesus. That we are, firstly, if we have friends, we can invite anybody and everybody. We don't need to think that anybody is not acceptable. But also, the important thing is that by accepting people into our house, like Matthew did when he invited his friends in, 
he invited his friends in and they met with Jesus by coming and eating and drinking his house. They thought they were coming to a party, which they were. But Matthew used the party to introduce people to Jesus. So I'm going to look now at a second example of Jesus eating and drinking. So we had Jesus eating and drinking with the people that the Pharisees thought weren't good enough. Now we're going to the opposite end of the scale. And we're going to look in the Gospel of St Luke, chapter 14, verse 12 to 24. I'm actually going to start whilst you're looking up just to give the context by reading from verse 1. And it says, One Sabbath day Jesus was in the home of the leader of the Pharisees. The people were watching him closely. So he's gone the opposite end. He's been eating and drinking with these people the Pharisees thought were totally unacceptable, not good enough. They didn't observe the law well enough. They didn't do the right religious things. And now he's gone from that house to now the house of the leader of the Pharisees, the, the most important Pharisee of all, the most important religious leader, has invited Jesus into his house. And you see, Jesus accepted the invitation of Matthew, who was the tax collector, knowing he would be there with, with people who were not righteous. And he accepts the invitation of the person who thinks they are righteous because Jesus knows that both of those people need to have him sat at their table talking to them. And he knows the best way to have a conversation with people, to be have people comfortable with you, to get to know people and for them to get to know you is by sitting down with them, eating and drinking with them. And he's happy to meet both of them on their own terms, in their own houses. He's not saying, you have to come to me. He's saying, I will come to you wherever you are, wherever you feel comfortable, I will be there with you. So, picking up the story at verse 14. Oh, sorry, no, at verse 10. He tells the story about someone who's invited to a feast and tries to go in the best place and then they're told that somebody more important is coming and so they have to go and sit in the less place. Um, so he says, when you go to a feast, always choose to sit in a lesser place so, someone, so that you, if anything you get promoted for the pride will be humbled and the humble will be honoured. And he turns to his host and says, when you put on a lunch or a dinner, don't just invite your friends, your relatives, your rich neighbours, the people who can invite you back and give you a nice meal because you've given them a nice meal. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. So there's a lesson there. That, you know, If you are doing something good for somebody who cannot ever possibly repay you, God notices and God will reward you at the due time when he comes back again. Hearing this, a man at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a privilege it will be to share in the kingdom of God. Now, this is someone who thinks that they're guaranteed to get there. Someone who's thinking, well, this is a good banquet, but we're going to have an even better banquet in the age to come. Which is true, because actually... The Christian hope is not that we are going to go when we die and sit on a cloud and grow a pair of wings and play a harp. 
As Christians, we are going to go to heaven if we know Jesus. But actually our hope is that Jesus is going to come back. That there is going to be a vast, huge banquet. The biggest celebration the world has ever come, ever seen. When Jesus comes with all the people that have been Christians through all the ages, we'll meet with him and have a fantastic banquet. And then for all eternity, we'll live on the earth, this earth, but a better version of this earth, where nothing goes wrong, where there's no death, there's no disease, there's no sadness, there's no hunger, there's no sickness, there's no loneliness. Everybody is accepted. Everybody is there with God who knows him and has accepted him as their, their Lord and Saviour living for all time in a perfect earth, enjoying everything the earth has to offer. So Jesus says, A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When all was ready, he sent his servant around to notify the guests it was time to come. But they all began making excuses. One said he just bought a field and wanted to inspect it, so he, had to, so he asked to be excused. Another said he bought five pairs of oxen and wanted to try them out. Another that he had just been married, so he couldn't come. The servant returned and told his master what they said. His master was angry, was said, angry and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the city and invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind. After the servant had done this, he reported, There's still more room. So the master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come, so the house will be full, for none of those invited first will even get the smallest taste of what I prepared for them. And Jesus is telling that story specifically <coughs> to a Jewish man, a Pharisee, who thought that because he was Jewish and because he followed the laws of Moses, that he was guaranteed a place at that table. And what Jesus is saying in this story is, you are not guaranteed that at all. The invitation is me, Jesus. When you hear about me, you accept me as the invitation or you don't. And if you've got other things to do, if you are too busy with making money, like one person that story was, or too busy in your job or your work or your personal relationships, like the person who just got married, if you're too busy doing that to make time for me and to accept me when I come to you, then you will miss out on your invitation. You will not get in and the doors will be closed. And Jesus tells other stories about people who thought they were coming to a celebration like this. But when they got there, they were too late. The doors were closed. And this story, Jesus says, you know, the master says, none of those first people I invited will get in at all. And when in Jesus' other stories, he talks about when people get there and the doors are closed. There's a wailing and a gnashing of teeth. People are crying their hearts out because they're not going to get in. And Jesus, so Jesus is saying, you know, to the servant, go and invite the poor, the lame, the crippled. Go out into the country lane. Find people sleeping under hedges and bring them in. Because those, going back to the previous story in Matthew, those are the people who know they are not worthy. And it's the people who know they are not worthy, who know that they need a saviour, who know that they need Jesus to save them. And they cannot come to God on any other terms of their own, thinking they're, they're right with him and able to come and able to come to him proud and tall. 
He wants people who are humble, who know that they're not good enough, who know they have to have Jesus and there is no other option for them. And if that is you today, <coughs> if you feel today listening to this that you've never accepted Jesus' invitation to come to him, then today is the day. Don't miss out. Don't be too busy. Don't be too concerned about what other people will think or what it will cost you. It will cost you a lot because when you come into this banquet, you come on God's terms, not on yours. He is the host. Just as if someone comes to your house, you decide how the furniture is going to be arranged. You might decide who sits where at the party. You know, if it's like a wedding, there's always a seating plan, isn't there? And so, you know, the bride and groom have set out the seating plan. God will set out the seating plan. He will decide for you where you will sit. And he will decide what is on the menu, what your life will consist of. But don't miss the opportunity of that invitation. If you hear God inviting you, even today, accept the invitation of Jesus. Come on his terms, knowing that you are not good enough. You don't deserve to be at the banquet. None of us do. But that if you accept God's invitation, let him choose for you, then he will let you into the party. And if you are already someone who knows Jesus, if you already consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus, then you are his servant. And your job is the job of the servant in this story. Your job is to go out, to find people who need Jesus. And that is everybody. And bring that invitation to them. Invite them in. And as part of that invitation to God's great banquet, as disciples, we are to invite people to our small banquets. And we are not to judge people. We're not to think, oh, no, that person, I don't really want that person in my house. Um, and we don't, and that's on two bases. You know, it might be we think, oh, well, that's not, he, that's not a very nice person or they don't have quite the same table manners as I do or something. But also it might be that you feel, well, I don't have much to offer. Actually, my dinner today is going to be spaghetti hoops on toast because that's what I eat for dinner because that's all I have in my cupboard. Therefore, I can't invite that person because, you know, they've got a house at Canford Cliffs and, you know, they're used to having a fantastic restaurant meal and all I can offer them is, is spaghetti hoops on toast. You know, it says in Proverbs, it's better to have a dish of vegetables where there is love than juicy steaks where there is hate. What you are doing when you invite someone into your house is you are saying, I accept you. I want to spend time. You are worth my time. You are worth my effort in cooking something, even if it is spaghetti hoops on toast. And everybody needs acceptance. Everybody needs acceptance from God, most importantly. But everybody in this world needs acceptance from other people, and that includes you. So whatever you have to offer, offer it. And, that, and that's not just about offering your hospitality. That's about accepting other people's hospitality. That's about if someone invites you to their house, not thinking, oh, no, I don't know how, what to do. And you know, they might have lots of complicated rules about how they eat or, well, oh, well, you know, I don't really feel comfortable. And, you know, what if, what if I've got to move a cat off the seat or something? Generosity is about offering yourself generously your resources, but also it's about generously offering your time to be with someone who's invited you. 
So this morning, I would say learn from Jesus' example. Learn to accept everybody, to be with everybody. Offer your hospitality and everything you have. In Hebrews, the letter of the Hebrews, it says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realising it. So be hospitable with what you have, but also be willing to accept other people's offers. Don't think of yourself as being too good or too bad for anybody, because nobody deserves to be invited to God's final feast. But his offer is open to everybody today. God bless you and keep you in these difficult times and in your life ahead. Goodbye.